Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, all of us encounter difficulties in life. For some, they're just minor setbacks, but for others, is serious and possibly even deadly. And there are some people who face adversity in stride. Others, in the same situation, totally cave into the circumstances. But today is part two of a great two-part interview with Cody Cargill. And if you missed any of Cody's testimony yesterday, you need to go back and catch up. He was facing a life-threatening condition that, well, let me just say, but God. Amen? Cody faced not one but five rare brain surgeries, and he almost died from one. The fact he did not die, but has actually gotten better, has now strengthened his faith in God in ways that he could only wish he had served God before. Amen? Today, Cody shares about those five surgeries and how God did something so fantastic it could only be attributed to God. Amen? All right, let's jump back into the interview now with Cody Cargo. And you said that prior to your first surgery this year, God said, did something that was so astounding, it could only be God. Can you share what that yep. was and how it affected you? Yeah. So uh, four, about 14 years ago, I was going to uh, a church in Liverpool, Arkansas called Agape. It was uh, pastored by Happy Caldwell. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember one weekend, I went to uh, a men's conference at the church and uh, three, four hundred people, whatever it is, several hundred men there. And uh, the special speaker was a guy that uh, played in the NFL. He played in the NFL of the late 70s, the early 80s, uh, set the NFL bench press record. Um, and uh, I remember listening to him. I mean, I've looked in sports, loved, and felt honored that I could be at a men's conference that has a, a man that, that played in the league and in a level like that. But he listened to God and went into ministry. Um, and, uh, that's, that's what he was doing, um, after leaving the NFL. But, uh, I remember him telling me God has spoke to him, you know, while he was playing in the NFL, his, his name was Ed McGlass. And, uh, God spoke to him and, and told him he was playing ministry. And he was like, God, I'm enjoying what I've been wanting to do my entire life in the NFL. You know, I don't know how that's going to work. And so it was, it was long after that, uh, he had uh, uh, had a knee injury and ended his career in that. But uh, uh, he went into ministry shortly after that. But long, long story short, going back that weekend, the next day, uh, we were in like this auditorium, and uh, I remember I was there. I was there with a friend, and uh, out of every all the men there, he pointed at me and said, "Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, the Holy Spirit just uh, had me ask you, what? Where's your father at? I'm talking about, huh?" Uh, are you talking to me? And uh, he said, yes. <laughs> he said, yes. Uh, what the, the, the Lord just spoke to me and asked me, where's your father? And I was like, oh, man. Kind of embarrassed that for a second. Because <clears throat> like I said, all I have so many other friends that had good fathers. And I told him, I was like, I, I don't know. 
I've, I've met him twice in my life. I have no idea where he is. And he, right at that moment, he told me, um, the Lord just told me to tell you, he will be your example of a father and he will teach you how to be a father that you have never had. I, I just about broke down right there. And uh, yeah. so it, it affected, that moment affected me so much. Amen. Uh, and it left a lasting impact that throughout the years, and it's like I said, that was 14 years ago. Constantly, I've thought about that moment and about him, if he's still in ministry, what he's doing in ministry. I've told so many friends of mine about the story of my wife, told her about the story when I met her and how amazing God is to be able to, to let us see. He knows, he knows where we're at. Yeah. Um, and uh, so fast forward to this year, uh, I, I obeying God, seeking him diligently daily, uh, wanting his presence, desiring his presence. Uh, it wasn't long before my first surgery that a friend of mine that I was in, uh, a friend of mine, her husband and I were in the military together. She saw a little bit of my testimony uh, uh, from growing up, the stuff I went through. Uh, and uh, reached out to me and asked if she could send me a book for a friend of hers that, that's a passion. And I said, yes, of course. Uh, I'd love to read it. And uh, she said he had a similar testimony, similar story. Uh, so then the next day, she reached back out to me and told me, hey, I, I, I asked him you know, if I could send his book to you. But he was like, hey, why don't we do a Zoom call with him? You know, just just talk. And uh, so she let me know and asked if I would be willing to of course, I told her yes. Uh, you know, I'd love to. You know, I would love to, to meet him and, and talk to him. Well, right at that time, uh, I ran across my wife's grandpa. knew I love military documentaries, and told me about a documentary, some military documentary, and uh, went to go find it on Amazon. And uh, just me naturally, I love really good documentaries that talk about faith or things that just are amazing that not the average person can experience. And so. Uh, I was looking at other documentaries related to that, uh, and I ran across a documentary called Show Me the Father. And uh, so, of course, I went to watch the trailer, and it broke me down in tears. I was home alone. I was breaking down in tears. It was just so profound. And uh, I told my wife about it. She grew up in... There's some stories on there that I knew it would affect her. And uh, I think I asked her three times before she watched it. And she broke down the tears. It's just the stories in this documentary. It's just it's undeniably God. It's, it's for somebody who doesn't believe heavily in God or anything, they can't deny. It. And uh, the producers of that documentary are uh, the Kendrick brothers that produced that produced uh, Fireproof, uh, War Room, all those. So uh, fast forward the week later on the Zoom call, because of that documentary, I was like, you know what? It would be awesome. I had just told my wife after we watched it, how awesome would it be to have a story like this that's, you know it's God, there's no deniable, other, any other explanation, um, and how amazing would that be? And so, uh, when we, uh, my friend and I got on the Zoom call with this individual, um, this pastor, author, I've written a lot of books uh, about fatherhood, and uh, when I saw him, I was like, man, it's been 14 years, I wonder if this is God, he kind of looks familiar but not totally sure uh but it would be awesome to know that a friend of mine i've had for all these years connected me but i don't know so we were talking about you know the story and the, the books that he had written and you know uh, kind of how he got led into ministry but um about halfway through i had i had to stop and asking you know i was like i i just gotta ask you uh 
uh, did you do a men's conference 14 years ago in Little Arkansas at a church called Agape Church? And he said, yes, I did. <laughs> and I was like, man, I just want you to know you prophesied on me, you spoke a word to me at that conference. And I've been wondering about that moment for all these years. I've been telling people, friends, my spouse about the story that had just made such an impact on me from you obeying God to, to speak to me in front of a hundred and something men or hundreds of men. And I've been wondering what you've been doing in ministry or if you're still in ministry. But little did I know, a friend of mine that I've had for many years now was connected to you. And I, it blew my mind that we're on the Zoom call together. <laughs> and uh, I, I have I have pictures of it. I want to send them to you. But you can see all three of us just breaking down. And I Amen. remember my friend, she leaned forward. She was like, shut the front door. No way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so... He was smiling. Uh, he, he right at the moment he told me he was like, "I remember you," yeah. and uh, blew my mind. Um, so I told him uh, right then. I was like, "I want you to know that uh, last week my wife and I watched a documentary that really affected me uh, on fatherhood. It's called Show Me the Father." And he was like, "I want to tell you right now uh, that documentary. The producers, the Kinder Brothers, used one of my books." Towards that movie, and my name is in the credits. Amen. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" So uh, it wasn't Amen. long towards the end that uh, um, he uh, was blown away. Uh, obviously, she as well. But uh, he asked me, uh, "He's going to be going on tour uh, coming up." Uh, but uh, he let me know whenever he gets the dates um, when he comes to Dallas if I would do uh, some touring with him uh, to speak on stage. And I'm coming most Lord. definitely. Most yeah, definitely, I will. Yeah. And so Amen. we connected, and uh, yes, yes, Another it, open door. It, yes, yeah. it just leave my mind that you know yeah. all these. And what years, was his I've name been, again? What was his name? Ed McGlasson. Yeah, his name is Ed. Amen. Ed McGlasson. Yeah, Amen. he's written. Uh, he's written some books on fatherhood. Uh, uh, da- um, he has a few daughters, and so uh, some things that he did through uh, them as teens and everything. How he, uh, you know wanted to model the type of guy that they needed to find and Amen. uh so it's Amen. just Praise wild God. that uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well let's fast forward to the surgeries because you had a total of five surgeries in 2022 tell us about the first three surgeries in april yes so the first three surgeries i had was uh what's called a stereo eeg um and uh so it's it's like it's like an EEG, but what they do is it's a surgical procedure and they go in and they drill holes in through your skull to get to the brain and they implant electrodes uh, where they need to in order to gather the data uh, that can narrow down where the seizures are coming from up to like a millimeter uh, from where they, they're coming from. And uh, it just helps them gather more detailed information for when they go in to do uh, the, the full-blown um, uh, surgery uh, sometime afterwards. And so, uh, um, they, I went to surgery and they, they did one, uh, they did the first one and, uh, I can remember the day is in April. I can't remember the exact day, but, um, came out of surgery and it was the most painful. I remember when I came out, I, my body naturally wanted to scream. My lips were quivering. And I remember obviously coming out of brain surgery, I'm not thinking straight, but I remember telling myself, you're a man, don't scream, don't scream. 
And I remember I, I was forcing my lips, my body, and the screen by tears were just rolling down my face. And I remember them trying to get in the payments. I mean, I mean, they started off with fentanyl and trying to get under control, and they maxed it out, and then they had to go to uh, Dilaton to try to uh, limit the pain. And um, once they did, it, they got it under control. Um, I, I was okay. But then the next day, my epitologist and her team, team came in and uh, it, it reminded me that they don't have a lot of science in the area. They don't have a lot of information and they weren't uh, realizing that they needed a few more, uh, actually four more um, uh, electrodes in, a, in the middle parts of the brain uh, in that area where they all had them uh, implanted. But there's a middle section, um, a small area where they needed a few more and asked me if I would be willing to go back into surgery the following day. And I told him, yes, no hesitation. I was just wanting really God to, to work through this process. And so no hesitation, even though I went in through so much pain in the first one, two days later, I told him, you know, I, yeah, to, to take me back in. So uh, they took me back into surgery. And I remember, <laughs> remember getting rolled into the operating room. And uh, right when they wrote me in, I was uh, moving myself from the, my bed to the operating bed. I was just smiling and talking and joking with the medical team. And uh, I remember them telling me, <laughs> they're like, Cody, we, we don't ever get anybody in here that's being prepped for brain surgery that isn't fearful. And we wanted you to know, like, you know, there's, you just have this presence and peace about you that we don't ever see. And then at that time, at, in that moment, I remember telling them, like, you know, <laughs> I've really been seeking God for a while now, leading up to this. Um, there's people praying from all over the world. And we've had at the time, uh, we got connected with the epilepsy group that's global. Um, and we've been, we have been having people message me from New Zealand, uh, the UK, um, and word that uh, has uh, connections, children or themselves having seizures and that we're, we're praying. And so I, I let, let them know while I was on the operating table, it's just had a, has been a blessing to have people living from all over the globe praying for me. And it's really helped me with, with along with myself, really obeying God, digging into his word, seeking help with so many prayers as well. And so I, I had no fear, nothing, and went to surgery that time. And then uh, all, all the other times they had to take me in, same thing, no fear, nothing, nothing. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> So in July, though, you had two more and share with us about those two surgeries and what happened that almost took your life. So the two surgeries I had in July uh, were to be a, a, a resection of the parietal lobe um, and uh, uh, also what's called a, a mapping. Um, they had a grid uh, on the, the, the brain. Um, and so I went in the first surgery, they removed my skull. And they placed a grid, a mapping grid, on top of my brain. And what they were doing is they were mapping out my speech area and how close it was to where the seizures were, were coming from. Because it was so close, they didn't want to really get into my speech. Um, they were trying to keep from, from going, going that far. And so when they did that surgery, though, I've had sports injuries that needed surgery. I've, I had the, the three in April, no problem. But uh, this particular surgery, um, was huge. <laughs> they uh, they took the skull off, did that. But when I woke up in the ICU, uh, I was immediately in tremendous pain from the, the swelling of the brain. Um, but I started throwing up and I couldn't stop. And I was I was having a hard time breathing from, from the pain and everything. Then I was throwing up, but my, my back was cramping, so I get, couldn't get comfortable. 
And this was going on right as I'm having the brain swelling with the tremendous pain. And uh, I remember my mom, you know, screaming to the doctors to, to help control it. And, but somebody dropped the ball uh, during the surgery and they, the, the pharmacy didn't have uh, the payments ready for me when I got there. So I was going through this until they got medication. But I remember in the midst of all the pain, um, I just wanted to, it to be gone. I remember uh, I was trying to rest. Uh, my wife and my mom were praying. The doctors trying to tell them, you know, hey, he's breathing from the stomach because I, I kept the machines kept going into apnea. And my mom is warning my mom. She's been in the medical field and knows what apnea and everything is. And so when she was seeing apnea pop up, uh, she was getting scared, obviously freaking out. Um, they came in. I was having a hard time. I knew I was having a hard time breathing, but I wasn't aware of everything. I could hear things. I could hear my mom, my wife, everything, but I wasn't able to come to the, the fullness of being alert. And so uh, I remember them telling my mom, he's breathing from his stomach, not his lungs. That's why he's going to have me and having a hard time right now. Um, but around that time, I started right when I was trying to get some rest, still in being in pain. I remember I was going beyond uh, just a resting phase. I remember going into this phase where uh, my spirit, was uh, starting to slip out from my body. and But I remember because of obeying God and, and really diving in and having that tangible relationship, intimate relationship with him, I had no fear if I did go, even in that moment. Um, but I remember my mom saying I was getting frustrated because right when I would feel myself leaving my body, she would scream and not go. I remember my wife was crying. And I remember my wife or my mom at the time telling my wife, we need to be praying in the spirit right now. Uh, we praying in the spirit right now. And, and I remember them praying in the spirit and um, right when I'm starting to go. And uh, I remember hearing the doctor come in and he looked and told them, he's relaxing now. Well, what, what changed? He's okay right now and uh they told the doctor we we were praying you know for him you know what we are out and uh, as we were praying for him he started being able to rest and at that at that moment when they were starting to pray for me that the tremendous feeling of being nauseated and the cramping in my back we were all gone and i was able to, to get some rest without feeling like my my spirit was starting to slip out from my body um Man. it was the most amazing experience though going into and feeling and being able to witness um, personally uh, going from a tremendous pain to where uh, you start to see if I let myself go, um, I don't, but um, I'm gone, but also feeling no pain at the time, feeling like, God, this is amazing. I'm not feeling and throwing up and everything that's, making me so miserable um but being in this mode of like you're so close to letting go so close to being able to experience heaven itself um yeah. that I, I i did not know even when my mom was screaming i did not know whether i wanted to fight or not uh i, I wanted to be in his presence um and uh, i told my wife even when i got home i, I remember questioning god like god what if i would have just gave up like why did you just not take me when i was in that I, at that level, I was, my body was ready to go. My, my spirit was leaving. 
And I remember him speaking so clear to me uh, that he, he needed me because there's people um, that need to hear the story that uh, would minister to them and would get to know Amen. his love. And uh, and so then at that point, I, I hadn't questioned him again. I, I, told him, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, Amen. 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 That is awesome. And, and now you have an implant in your brain. What does the implant do for you? Yeah. So the, the last surgery that they did after they did the grid, uh, the last surgery that they did in July uh, was the resection. So they removed part of my brain uh, uh, that is in front of lobe where the seizures were originating from. Uh, and they also did what's called a uh, RMS brain implant. And it's a chip that's uh, sewed into the top of the skull, implanted into the brain. And it records 24-7 um, all the brain activity. And so it, it monitors, uh, you know, if there's a possible seizure deep in the brain. Um, and if once they were able, once they are able to see, or I, I don't think they'll ever see a seizure now, but it allows them to monitor daily uh, the activity. And what I do is I, I have a special laptop made from the company that makes the chip and a wand that comes with it. And so every night I use it to, to scan the chip uh, from my from the top of my head. And then I download the information onto the laptop, then I upload it to my doctor every night. And uh, it allows him to take a look at the, all, all the activity, and if he needs to, to actually activate the chip and and uh, adjust the, the strength of it. But the the amazing thing is though is that um, because of the resection that it was so successful, um, it, it, I remember telling the surgeon it did affect my speech a little bit, especially in the beginning. Um, but I, I I told him I. You're a blessing. I know you didn't want to get into my speech, but you're a tremendous blessing to myself and my family because as I don't have the sensations, I was having even those sensations of the detachment from my limbs, even that week of surgery while I'm in the hospital. But once he did the surgery, did the resection of the brain, everything, I didn't have them anymore. And, uh, and so I wanted him to know you are in a blessing and a godsend to my family and I. And at least I can heal and uh, through therapy and everything, get my speech back. Um, but at that moment, when I woke up, I couldn't spell certain a lot of words. I couldn't really put them into a sentence really well. Once the brain swelling started going down, it was, uh, it was okay. Praise but that chill, the technology, the chill has been amazing. It's, it's, it, because of that, uh, I've gone, it's been six months now about, and, uh, they have not. They have not had to activate the chip. They've not seen any seizure activity. Uh, when they did the Meg uh, study um, during the workup, I was having twenty eight seizures deep in my brain uh, on average every hour. So my my um, sorry about that. Your earbuds. You're on your regular one now. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. See, That's yeah, right. sorry about that. Technology. So, yeah, my, I wasn't able to, to recover from the seizures. I was having them hundreds of times a day, coming to find out deep in my brain. And I was always tired, exhausted throughout the day. I uh, wanted to nap. Uh, I, because of the seizures, a lot of times uh, when people have epilepsy, they struggle with depression because of the chemical issues in the brain, um, the, the, the electrical issues. And so I struggle, I've been struggling with depression as well. Um, yeah. but, uh, the chip has been able to show them a lot of information. They have not had to, to activate it. And, uh, the chill from all these six months of having it has not showed any, even deep seizure activity that Amen. like 
it was shown in the mix. So yeah, I went from having hundreds a day to not Amen. seeing any activity. Amen. Yep. What message do you share with others about when life seems too hard and, and they start to doubt God? What do you what do you share with them? So the one thing that is big to me um, that I have learned and experienced is uh, obey God. You know, don't don't procrastinate. You know, I've learned really quick uh, this year through everything is that because I was obedient uh, to him and I was, uh, uh, you know, putting him first, seeking him diligently daily, I, he was able to, to work and show me uh, that uh, uh, through obedience, immediate obedience, he's able to, to work through us. He's able to, to uh, bring a peace, a sense of peace that we don't know we won't ever have. Um, unless we are really seeking his face uh, daily. And uh, I've mentioned that and talked to my wife about that a lot, how God has really shown me that. And uh, even from an early age and uh, growing older, I, I, you know, I've read my Bible. I'm talking like, you know, I went to church. Um, and so I had heard about this type of peace that, that people can have. Um, but it wasn't until this year, unfortunately, through the brain surgery process, um, to where I developed such a tangible relationship with Amen. him, uh, yeah. such an intimate relationship with him. But it's let me realize that until we start to uh, draw near to him first, because there's a scripture um, in, in the Bible, and uh, it's, uh, I'm trying to remember the verse, but it's, uh, uh, he will, uh, he would draw near to us when we begin to draw near to him. Amen. But we had to, we had to be willing to, to take that step. And uh, I remember when he first spoke to me and started seeking him diligently, uh, I, my wife and I, we had this, uh, we, you know, come home from work, the work day and, you know, uh, get showered and everything. And we would binge watch on shows or a movie or whatever. But I started realizing that just because he spoke to me and I wanted to do and obey him, but I still had to make that initial step to get out of the habit, break the habit. Uh, and, uh, but it, it took a week, a few weeks to, to really start seeing the hunger come more and more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I want, and I tell people this all the time now, since all this has happened is, you know, don't, don't think that you can just go and be a Sunday go or go to church. And then it's like the seed of the silver, you know, that the parable in, in the Bible, you know, how, we can go to church. So we see, you know, how we, we can go to church and, and praise him and have our moment. But then what do we do when the work week comes along? You know, we kind of forget about, you know, his, his, his presence and, and uh, uh, not really seeking him. And, and it's just a, it's a weekly routine, you know, uh, have your experience with, you know, on Sunday and then that, that's it. Yeah. But it, this yeah. year is, I tell people, you know, constantly, you have no idea how believers can walk in such a, a unexplainable peace, but it won't, it can't happen until we begin to pursue him Amen. and, Amen. and uh, make our, our heart only towards him and, and put him first. <laughs> um, and uh, it's the peace that I've been able to walk in this year. And it hasn't mattered whatever has, has come my way, whatever storm outside of even the surgeries, no matter what has happened this year, besides that I'm able to walk in so much peace without any anxiety um it's been if we as believers i was telling somebody just a few days ago that if we as believers knew the type of peace of that level 
that we would be a force to reckon with against the enemy. Amen. And so true. true. Yeah. Have you thought about putting all this down in a book to share with others that you may never meet? Yeah. So uh, my surgeon and I, um, after everything I've been through, the rare procedures, um, uh, he's helping me write a book. um, And uh, I I need to to get it finished. In fact, um, Gateway, our church, we go to Gateway Church. And I was given a number uh, for a lady that uh, does a lot of the publishing for Gateway. Um, but uh, uh, so my my surgeon is one of the top brain surgeons in the world that did my procedures. And uh, we are working on it right now. Um, and I, I let him know up front. I don't want to leave out anything that God has done through this process. But I want to give the entire story of the surgeries, but how God worked through it uh, to, to build my faith, strengthen me. Um, and so that people, whether of faith or not, can see the power of God and speak yeah. to even the people, uh, the people that don't know, that don't know him. And, uh, so when I, the book, it won't be long when it's out and, uh, but I'll keep you updated on the book as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in the middle of, of rotten that book. Well, keep me posted on that. Praise the Lord. Yes. Cody, yes. this has been so interesting. I appreciate you coming on the program and sharing with us. And if someone has a question or would like to reach out to you, maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Yes. Uh, so they can reach out either to me through, through email. It's tlonghorns05 gmail.com. They can find me on social media. Uh, either on my Facebook or they can go to my IG page. I created a new IG page uh, about a month ago um, that just uh, is mainly geared towards my, uh, my, my surgeries and uh, what's coming about through it all, uh, the book writing. Um, and what's the Instagram? Uh, it's Cody Cargill Official. Uh, and it's, it's just all, all one word. It's all, there's no spaces yeah. for anything. It's Cody okay. Cargill Official. Yeah. Amen. I'll, I'll put that in the links down below. Amen. Okay. Folks, as we started the program today, I shared how everyone has tests and trials in life. Life life never goes the way that we may plan, and the path is never as smooth as we like. But Cody Cargill should serve as a huge inspiration to someone out there right now just listening to this broadcast. Amen. Cody's gone through things that most people will never experience. Some folks out there may go through things that are worse or seem worse to those going through them at the time. But the message Cody shared is a universal truth. Trust God and seek Him with all your heart on a consistent basis, not just when things get tough. You'll find more often than not that God was right there all the way along. Amen. You you were just too busy and got distracted, so you didn't realize that He was right there with you going through it. Amen. Cody, thank you for coming on the program again today and sharing your amazing testimony with us. I do appreciate it so much. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you so much. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Cody Cargill and myself, this Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.